And now, a word from our environment. This podcast was created to examine our environment with words and sounds. We use a word or phrase as a starting point to learn together about our environment. Our word today is energy. Hi, I'm Lenny Labrizzi, and this information you will hear is taken from a conversation I had with Tony Rose. We are both members of the Staten Island Environmental Communicators. This is part five of eight on the topic of energy. I have split the the topic into approximately 10-minute segments. Each part covers a topic about types of energy, where energy comes from, and how it gets to us. In this part, we explain fracking. Now, the problems with that, um, there's any number of problems. (laughs) One of the issues, well, where is it? Uh, We've had, in Texas, there's been natural, that's a spot. um, And there's the, um, I knew the names. Before we do this for real, I'll get the names. There's the name here of the, Texas area where the gas is, where oil and gas is found here in uh, Panhandle and then um, North Dakota and South Dakota. There's a lot of natural gas um, there. Okay. And um, closer to home, Virginia, Ohio, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, New York state, the lower tier of New York state. Let's zoom in. This is the Marcellus Shale. This is where the gas can be found. <clears throat> and the problem for us is this runs right up into the, the Catskills. And the Catskills are the home for New York City's reservoirs. We, upstate people are sometimes bent out of shape because we have a lot of, um, we have a lot of property that New York City owns in the Catskill areas because that's our watershed. And we don't want uh, septic tanks. We don't want um, boaters with, uh, or jet skis with their exhaust and their oil dropping into those lakes. Um, but 16 million people in New York, New Jersey, Long Island depend on that water. And the, the, the problem with fracking is that, um, well, the water can escape into the drinking water. This is um, Josh Fox's movie, Gasland. The, um, there's, a, there's the picture of the guy lighting up a big lighter underneath his faucet. And flames come out while the water is coming out of his faucet. So it's, it's very scary. Yes. So <laughs> the discussion is, what are the pros and cons of hydraulic fracturing? Well, certainly jobs, jobs, jobs. When uh, you could see... Um, when Obama became president, the a big issue is that there was incredible unemployment. There was 10.7% unemployment um, when the market went bust, okay? Um, so anything that would create jobs would certainly be a good idea. Money for um, permits, money from permits. The, the government certainly was spending a lot of money, needed a lot of money, so um, taxes, all of the spinoffs from these, from these jobs and all this uh, economic activity would certainly um, benefit the country. Energy independence. There's a strategic advantage to not having to be dependent on the unstable Middle East for your uh, energy. All right. So, and, you know, the, the, the wars that we've fought 
for the most part, were about oil um, over the, the, uh, the, all this Middle East activity that's been going on since the whatever, the 50s, 60s, has been yeah, way back, oil. Way back, one of the proximate causes <laughs> of World War II, Japan, one of the things that, that, that pushed Japan to attack Pearl Harbor is that the United States cut off our Texas crude and scrap steel. We wouldn't send Japan steel and oil because those were strategic um, uh, items. And we certainly didn't want them to be building any more uh, battleships and floating them. So they got mad. They felt that they had no choice but to take the United States out of the, um, out of the equation. So this, it certainly goes way back and, and you're right. The Middle East, a lot of the Middle East, um, what happened in, uh, after World War I, England and France um, split up the Middle East and they were colonies. And the idea was extraction, extraction of money, extraction of natural resources. Then they became independent. And at some point, um, the um, OPEC formed. Now the story was OPEC was gonna be formed to stabilize uh, prices and uh, resources, but it became a cartel, became a political operation, and certainly we got hurt. So you can certainly see why we want our own energy. And the, well, the other places where, where you know, oil comes from is Russia, um, and you know, another potentially unfriendly uh, country, and, and other places like Venezuela. Right, uh, right. Unstable areas, so. You know, it made sense to want energy independence. It didn't have to be gas. It could be renewables. But you know, this this is this is the the rationale you're giving for for going down this pathway to um, to gas, to fracked gas. So jobs, we said, energy independence certainly makes sense. Um, gas is um, cleaner than. Then coal, that's been a discussion that it's, it's our transition fuel. The people who sell it say, well, it's a transition fuel. We know eventually you're gonna to go to electricity, but in the meantime, while we're still alive, we wanna sell, um, <clears throat> sell you a fossil fuel. Um, cleaner burning, there's some discussion because one of the issues is, um, Well, maybe it's not, because it's not just what you burn, the production of it, firstly, creates the fracking, creates that processed water. Now, the processed water becomes an issue because um, what do you do with the water? There's 10 times as much water created as oil in the process. The water then has uh, drought-stricken farmers in California have uh, bought some of that water, and the produce shows the chemicals that are in it. Um, and we don't know what the chemicals are because when um, Dick Cheney, before his vice president, was in charge of Halliburton, um, an oil well support industry, and they lobbied to have passed in Congress the Halliburton exemption. And um, we are not allowed to see what they put in the water that they pump into the ground, which may eventually make its way into our drinking water because it's a proprietary concoction and they don't want to give a competitive... Can't give away trade secrets. Yeah, of course, of course. I like you it. can't know what's, what's in Pepsi, the secrets formula. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, plus the other piece too is um, it's not just what's burned, 
it's what's, uh, what escapes in the process. The, um, right now, the, 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 the uh, industry vents a lot of gas because they don't have the infrastructure, the pipes to get it to market. And if they did get all the gas they made to market, that increased supply would drop the prices. Um, that image that you have of the, 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 the map showing. Well, this is an image that we used at the environmental fair uh, last year. And this is the view from space. Now, one of the things too, uh, completely apart from this, one of the things that astronauts have noticed is look at the atmosphere. Look at how thin that little onion skin of atmosphere is. Yeah. It's, not, it's not an unlimited amount of gas. Um, we have a very, uh, and it becomes thinner and thinner and thinner. The actual business, look where the clouds are. How, how low to the ground, how very, very little this onion skin of atmosphere around our planet is. So it's very delicate. And I seem so vast from the ground, but when you look at it this way, it's... Uh, and the human impact of uh, uh, chlorofluorocarbons. We put a hole, there's a, a layer that's centered around the poles uh, of um, ozone. Now ozone is not great in, um, in your neighborhood. It, it rots plastic and neoprene rubber seals, but there's ozone in the atmosphere and that layer of ozone protects us from ultraviolet rays. And when we were using uh, Freon, now the funny thing is, interesting sidebar, sidebar to the sidebar the guy who invented tetraethyl lead who invented lead gasoline they knew right away that it had neurological effects the guys at the factories that produced the tetraethyl lead to put into gasoline were having neurological effects during the production of it well eventually we got out of lead out of the gas that guy kept inventing stuff he invented freon the chlorofluorocarbons that put the hole in the ozone layer if we had a time machine and go back, we could take that guy out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Be so <a> world. <laughs> the two things that are remarkable here, this is something the astronauts remark on, is how thin that layer of atmosphere is. So we really do need to protect um, our atmosphere. The other piece is let's look at the lights. Look at the light pollution. This is the um, Boston to Washington corridor. And you can see this, this is this bright corridor of, of light. A little right hand corner of this. Okay. Uh, can you see my cursor? Yes. Okay. Um, moving to the Great Lakes. Uh, Cleveland, the mistake on the lake. Chicago, Detroit, all the way to um, uh, Minnesota. Minneapolis. Okay. So here's some urban areas, and you can see where there are large concentrations of people, the light pollution created by the people, by their street lights, by their buildings, by their vehicles, um, can be seen from space. Well, now move out to the Dakotas, North Dakota, South Dakota. Um, not a lot of people there. There's not a lot of people. The population of North Dakota is equivalent to Staten Island. The, our congressional district, Staten Island, and that little sliver of, of Brooklyn is 600,000 people. The population of North Dakota is 600,000. They only qualify for one congressperson, but they have two senators. They have two Senate votes based on their being a state. Well, what a huge urban population. Do we see Staten Island light up the sky here? 
this is the light created by the gas wells flaring off unwanted gas. So they are just burning and it can be seen from space. The amount of- it Must be pretty wells. bright there at night. Well, you've gone down the Jersey Turnpike along the, the, the railway uh, of refineries. I remember once I thought I was being chased by the police, this bright orange flash. And then I thought that perhaps it was an explosion. It was simply flaring off the unburned gases, the unused gases at the refinery. So this is going into the air. Um, the carbon dioxide produced by the flaring. And in addition to that, they sometimes just jet the gas. They just release the gas. And the Trump administration has said, we no longer need to track. We got rid of those regulations. Stay tuned for part six. Please share with your friends and listen again to, and now a word from our environment. Music